0: hey 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 welcome to dynatalks Learn's educational podcast my name is christian chungu and i'm very happy to be your host for this podcast i will hopefully bring tutors mentors and students closer together as we will explore new learning practices and discuss important topics that will concern all three actors hey, hey, hey. On this week's episode, I have brought a friend that is very close to me. We have known each other since high school and our discussions have always brought to interesting conclusion. Allow me to introduce to you, Sebastian. Sebastian,
1: how are you today? I'm doing very good, thank you very much. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and it's a pleasure for me to host you. Uh, it's funny just because we, uh, before we started recording this episode, we have actually been talking uh, for a couple of hours actually about our own lives. We, uh, we have been doing some catching up. So, um, yeah, it's been great to catch up with you, man. It's a pleasure. Always. <laughs> so, I want to start this episode um, by, by talking about a topic that I think is burning. To a lot of students right now, which is the topic of having a complete view on education and having a sense of fulfillment uh, when someone uh, gets involved in a program, let's say it's a bachelor's degree, master's degree, PhD. Um, oftentimes I think that we as students struggle to find meaning and to find ourselves in the topics that we study and the careers that we are pursuing. So I think the first uh, discussion that we can have is going to be based around the question, how can we find meaning in our daily life? When we're studying, how can we, uh, feel that we're actually going somewhere when we're studying, how can we remove ourselves from that emptiness that we can often find ourselves
1: in? Great. perfect. Um, well, to start the topic, I think it would be relevant to, to mention um, my own path. Uh, personally, I'm studying in biopharmaceutical sciences at University of Montréal. It's a bachelor's degree. I'm in my third year, uh, completing right now my fifth semester. And next semester, I will be doing an internship awesome. uh, during, during which uh, it will be credited, after which I will be done with my bachelor's, only to afterwards go into a DSS, which is a Diplôme d'études supérieures spécialisées. Uh, in English, it would be a diploma of. It's basically
0: um, a specialization that you will complete upon uh, finishing your bachelor's degree. I think that's exactly. the
1: equivalent. But ultimately, it also leads into a master's program, which is another internship of one year. And Sweet. it's uh, drug development. Yes. So on the topic of how to find meaning of uh, in our studies, I think always a, a, a relevant question to ask ourselves is why did we choose our program? For example, you, Christian, why yeah. did you decide to go in engineering?
0: So the question is actually interesting because it's a topic that I'm fascinated about. Uh, it's a question I often uh, come back to when I feel that I'm losing a uh, sense of meaning in my daily life as a student. And initially, my reasons were not the most rational. Actually, it was very irrational. I happened to notice that I love designing stuff. Like I I, I just noticed that I'm comfortable around uh, projects that involve the design of structures, of of components, whether they're electronic, mechanical. I I, I didn't find that there was a why to it. I just knew that it was something that when I'm committed to it, I'm fulfilled. It's, it comes naturally. I don't have to force it. There's no pressure. It's something that I simply just enjoy purely. And when I was faced with the decision of pursuing my uh, studies after completing my CJP uh, diploma, CJET, by the way, is the equivalent of college in Quebec. So for those living on outside of Quebec, that is your small uh, informative capsule on the Quebec education system. So with that said, um, it was completely irrational, actually. I was just faced with the decision. and I was like, okay, I'm clearly not, I'm, I went by elimination, right? I'm not going to do finance. I don't find a calling. I'm not going to do education. Uh, there, were, there were a couple of factors, right? First, if my passion is not backed up by great, uh, you know, economic prospects, it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. Like, like I was taught by my parents early on that, you know, you can love something as much as you can, but if you can't make a living out of it, uh, it's going to be tough for you to, to fuel your passion, right. And to be fueled by it. So I thought that electrical engineering was the domain that best matched both my passion For the design of electronic components and machines and circuits and uh a fair enough uh salarial prospect so that was my first thought but then i found meaning when i was in my studies not when i first went in when i first went in my first semester was a disaster there was no meaning it was it, it was just a mix of like uh you know ecstasy linked to like oh wow you know like my ego was playing a lot of love lot of the tricks on me. I was like, oh, I'm in university. Wow, this is so great. Such a great achievement. But really, when I was putting my ego apart, I was realizing that, okay, I'm here, but I'm not here to learn, let's say, topics that I won't use. And I'm not, you know, fulfilled by it, such as calculus, I don't know, mechanics that were very theoretical. I noticed that I was, you know, trapped in that idealization of like, wow, you know, I'm in university, I'm doing a Prestigious degree and all that, mm-hmm. and the meaning I found it through like activities mm-hmm. that I did outside of my studies. So I joined design teams. I started. I started being involved in, you know, uh, f- uh, friendly relationships with my colleagues. I started caring more about them. I didn't want to go into university thinking just about myself. I really wanted this to be an experience uh, of me connecting with people that have the same passion not just me trying to fulfill my ego and you know feel that i'm the best and uh, all of that right so that's that's the meaning that i've been finding uh in, the, in this degree that i've that i've been pursuing just connecting with people that share the same passion and trying to get better at the technical skills that i want to
1: develop i see yeah And that, you bring a lot of good points there i find um First, the fact that initially it started with no particular attachment to to the identity it brings, perhaps you didn't necessarily associate your identity to being an engineer, um, which happens a lot with prospect prospective med students. I find okay, a lot of people that go into medicine they or strive to go into medicine already seem to see themselves as doctors. Yeah. Um, no, instead it was more driven by a passion, an interest for building, and then electrical engineering plus money uh, seemed to be the right fit for you, and luckily it seems to have been the right fit for you, and uh, making those connections, you bring that, that's an interesting point, because the the circle of friends the, that we choose in high school, CJEp, and then university, all change, and I have lived exactly the same experience as you, I didn't think about it the consciously perhaps but I've noticed that being surrounded by people that were studying exactly the same thing as I was gave me the the motivation and the drive to push through where I felt that my learning was valued and appreciated that I was surrounded by people that genuinely enjoyed what they were learning and they this program for me biopharmaceutical sciences yeah although not everybody walked in to, to it and stayed into it for the same reasons, they all shared a commonality, which was we're studying drugs and we're studying drug development. And we're not there just, you know, to, to move into another program like in CJEP. No, this is most probably a career choice. This is going to be the rest of my life. Um, I was lucky personally that my program focused intensely on, on having us look into what exactly does our program offer us as opportunities? Because I say, ah, I'm going to work into the farm, ph- in the pharmaceutical industry. That means nothing, zero. Why? Because you could just as much be the person that is doing research in a lab with your Petri dishes Uh Or you could even be the person that chooses which drug should get that uh, investment, which project should receive funding. You could even work uh, eventually in the government choosing which new drugs should be approved for coverage by the national insurance. There are many outcomes that you can, well, outlooks that you can have with our program. And most of us had no idea, none. None. So we were obligated to attend eight conferences from ex-students usually uh, that would tell us what path did they take. We were, we were also able to attend networking events because in the pharmaceutical industry, networking is everything. If you know the right people, you can jump from company to company, especially in the early years of your career and learn a lot, very fast. Uh, as for myself, I could cover cover the aspect of why I went into ph- biopharmaceutical pharmaceutical sciences. I was very lost initially. At the end of my CGEP, I was very unsure of which program I wanted to do. But I knew I had a fascination with biology. More so, I was interested in pharmacology. Why? Because I thought it was absolutely fascinating how such small molecules could drastically change your ability to function your ability to recover from a disease take antibiotics for example in the past if you caught a strep throat you were sick as hell yeah. and now you can take your antibiotics within a few days it's cleared up i don't know about you but personally I don't know what I would do without antibiotics when I, on the few, on the few occasions that I've had strepto, it's life-changing. And so it was just a hunch. Yeah. It was just a hunch because I was also the smart kid in biology classes, always participating. And when I got into uh, the program, I was also seen as kind of annoying because I asked very wide questions. It was enthralling. But progressively, the program became a bit part of my identity. This is a key part of who I choose to present to others. When people ask, who are you, Sebastian? Right now, I say I'm a biopharmaceutical sciences student. And that means a lot. Uh, most people seem to be interested. And it seems to have purpose even there. But beyond that, why do I continue doing that? Because I do stats, for example. Statistics. Statistics seem boring surface level it can get tedious and yet what keeps me pushing is first of all the people that surround me that are absolutely motivated and show the dedication to getting the best grades the best outcome and then i'm able to also connect it to other topics that do interest me and then i see the career ahead of it that meaning is a sort of i wouldn't say a I would say it's a pyramid, a bit like the pyramid of Maslow, where you see there's a heightened meaning above everything. But at the lowest level, you have that simple action that is doing your exercises for your final exam, and you haven't slept for days. But what does it mean to not study for that exam? It means that you could potentially compromise your entire future. And that level of impact on your life is intangible at times. You feel like, eh, it's annoying. It's boring to study. I would rather play Call of Duty. I would rather talk to my friends, go out. And it is true that at times life does hit you in ways that makes you unable to appreciate properly how impactful it is. But thank God, we are getting more mature as we age. And we are surrounded by people that are able to force us to see how important it is. Which ultimately leads to when you study, I don't know about you, Christian, but I, I do see the purpose behind it. I do appreciate the theory, not necessarily for its processes or for, but for its utility. And as I've come to, to do my interviews for my internships, I was forced to reflect upon it. So, yeah. Um, But it also leads to another topic that we wanted to discuss, which is how to balance life because as you brought up, it's about the people that you meet it's about the experience how do you balance life along with its relationships intimate or friendships going to the gym developing your other character traits beyond university how do you balance studying with learning guitar i ask you that's what
0: that's what you've been doing yeah you've been learning guitar yeah um well, I just want to answer one question that you asked me prior to that one. Like you asked me, like, do you find, uh, ca- can you see beyond what you're studying, right? You asked yes. Me. And the answer is yes. I- I've been feeling uh, the same way actually. And it's it's pretty recent. I noticed that uh, because in electrical engineering, you do general core courses in your first two years. And then in your third year, you have a uh, you can have a grasp of specialization fields, and right now this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm currently studying topics like telecommunications, microelectronics, uh, computer vision, uh, electromagnetic wave prop- propagation. I'm just touching on a bunch of like specialization fields, mm-hmm. and the profs make a very good job of showing real life cases of all those silly circuits right because because we often refer to to these when we do exercises like oh this is a stupid circuit oh this is a this is an annoying configuration why am I doing this but I've 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 taught myself and I've, I've practiced myself to look at this exercise exercise and think beyond the present struggle of me trying to figure out uh, a silly equation or a uh, design configuration. Like I'm trying to think like, okay, wow, this is how they do it in real life. Okay. Interesting. You know, like, okay, this is what we're looking for in that design configuration. We're looking for this, this and this. Oh, okay. And, and I actually found that by having that, you know, that by projecting uh, that temporary struggle into my future, you know, uh, my future self, I find more pleasure and doing those exercises actually, like I, I'm, I, because I find a reason I'm like, yeah, I'm doing s- this for a reason. Like, cause mm-hmm. it's going to be useful and it's it, like, it makes sense in my head. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it's, it makes sense to me to struggle right now because it's something that I'm passionate about. And you often hear people saying that they are willing to struggle for the things that they're passionate about. Like, exactly. like everyone, everyone struggles there is no easy path there is no there's no like oh this is an easy way to win in life no everybody struggles that's a fact but you have to find what
1: you love struggling with exactly you know and i think you bring you bring out two interesting points which is some people be, will actually do those exercises and think quite the opposite they will say wow I really don't like doing this Yeah, and this is not what I want my future to look like. And then they will switch programs, which is to a certain point, fair, right? It, it, there's a need to, to be able to still learn what you're learning with a degree of, of consistency and pleasure because you can't remain in denial and say, I won't do this ever again. Perhaps, yes, the statistics that I'm learning are not as relevant as I may say that they are because we are going to use, if anything, software to calculate our our numbers to crunch the, yeah. the results of our studies. But still, to know that you will understand what truly fascinates you and to be able to explain it is also uh, a great power that, and a great pride that you carry throughout your life. And it is one thing that I've truly appreciated with my own studies and which made me think when you were talking about being able to have professors that explain to you real life cases. um, It made me realize that that is quite a real life application to your view of mentorship or tutoring. That is to say, when you, as a student, get a a tutor that has this holistic view of studying. You don't get just someone that explains to you the matter, well, the studies that you're doing. Or the statistics, the biology, doesn't matter. You don't only get that. You get someone that is passionate about those studies. You get someone yeah. who has m- perhaps more of a direction, more of an idea of where they want to go. And that will motivate you in turn to learn with more thrill, with more determination, with more drive and meaning to ultimately succeed in the field that you chose. In exchange, the mentor or the tutor gets to express that passion. He gets to express and demonstrate mastery of what he's learned. It becomes integral to their person and that in and of its own even though they may have passed the class a while ago only reinforces their passion it allows them to to express the meaning of their of of their field the meaning of their choice and it is perhaps uh, maybe an idea that sartre uh, expressed very well with n'offrir c'est les autres but it is true that we do enjoy the approval of others and through that we get to not only find the approval but make it useful in the now
0: yeah i think i think that you you brought up a good point which is that personally as a tutor tutes are giving are providing me a greater service than i think i am giving them to them by by me by them allowing me to to be someone that they trust when it comes to gaining mastery of a certain topic, because in my head, I'm like, this is the perfect case. This is the perfect situation for me to, you know, actually build real life experience around a topic that I love teaching, like you said. Right. Mm -hmm. And for example, I love teaching math and science because I find that these are topics that are ubiquitous, right? They're They're just everywhere. The applications of it, the the economic innovation, whatever. I won't go into all the places where it's present, but it makes me realize that if I had not been involved in this 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 tutoring initiative of mine, I would not have fueled my passion for these topics enough and I would have probably lost it. Like, yeah. Uh, it's simply uh, like fascinating, you know, when, when I started realizing this, I was like, I, I, I even took more pride in being a tutor, and in fulfilling my role, like when I first started tutoring, I was just like, oh, but, you know, I had insecurities, like, oh, well, maybe the tutor doesn't even care about me, uh, I don't know how to approach this student, blah, 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 but then I, I started having more clients, and then they, they, they I started seeing that I had giving them just a tiny bit of meaning in their studies that they had before. They made me realize that really, I just have to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Clients that will like me will love me. Clients that won't like me just won't talk with me anymore. They'll go see someone else. I think that tutoring is very intimate and you don't, you have to be detached from it. You know, in terms of your ego, you don't have to be like, Oh, did I fail as a tutor? Because I was not able to, to connect with that student. No. It's an intimate relationship. It's it's it has to be more than a transactional relationship for it to be truly
1: effective. I think, Andy, it is a sort of alliance, a bit like in sports coaching. Whereas... Yes, yeah, you have experience in that. You've been coached. You yeah yeah. I did coach uh, kids uh, aged eight to eleven in weightlifting. I have coached uh, outside of weightlifting because I do Olympic weightlifting. Um, I have coached you Christian in the past. Yeah. High school. Um, in high school, in high school. And it was quite a, an interesting experience I find where I followed people and their progress over not just their training, but also their diet and also tried to help them attain their goals and modifying their programs to their needs. I have found a lot of success and I have found a lot of purpose through it. Um, Although I don't coach much in these times, obviously. uh, Coaching kids, for example, was an, an enlightening experience. Because these children are full of potential. That's what they represent, at least to me. They are bubbly and they are into learning what you're teaching them. But you can't teach them the same way that you can with adults. You can't teach them meaning. You can show them it's fun. And you can be proud of them. And they'll be happy to have you there and that although it changes in its form the the same dynamic of wanting the validation of someone you find superior in the matter remains always yeah and that, that is part of the intimacy you do take on a responsibility to become better and ideally you will do everything for the person to improve but if they don't want to improve you yourself are not able to commit to being that tutor yeah and they in, in exchange being able to ask about everything else being holistic as you say or being complete and and bringing them meaning as a coach or a tutor allows them to be more invested and then you have more to give because you want to give it yeah 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 so it's, it's interesting that it applies to everything. Then again, you could be very much tyrannical as uh, teaching in the past was. You know, students were beaten. Like I'm pretty sure our parents were slapped with rulers uh, back in the good old days um, while at school. Parents the same. They were very strict. Uh, coaches in weightlifting would yell and would absolutely destroy their students uh, or their trainee's ego in order to completely commit only to result in people that were empty. Otherwise, besides from that sport, of
0: course, yeah, we don't that, that that was a consequence. I think of this mentality is that they would give their entire selves to the the thing they were chasing, but then their their identity would rely solely on like a peak performance during a fifteen second uh, time frame, or uh, mm-hmm. or let's say like if you were a student, your identity. Would be focused on like exams. Like you would lose yourselves. You 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 would lose yourself outside of those exams that you would take. I think in the past, I, I haven't lived in the past, but we've we've been hearing stories from our parents and other other like older uh, people, and it seems like that was an effect of.
1: Um, and I think a big an interesting part of this is um, as much as I could extend it to stories of international successes in weightlifting yeah, that ended up as alcoholics. right? Naeem uh, Soleimanoglu uh, was a small weightlifter but probably the strongest pound for pound or kilo for kilo weightlifter in the world. After Be- Very re- efficient. Yeah, very efficient. <laughs> but in exchange, what happened? He ended up an alcoholic. He was lonely and perhaps not lonely but very much the, the shell of a man that he was initially which we still see now in our generation. Of course, we've known people that dedicated their entire two years of CJP and even high school studying their to the point of destroying themselves yeah. for the purpose of going to medicine, going to dentistry. Some with success, others without it. And ultimately, it's funny because often in med school, from what I've heard, in the interviews, they do check to see if you have a personality, if you are a more complete person than just medicine.
0: That's true. They have a personality test called Casper, if I'm not uh, Is it mistaken.
1: personality or is it ethics? I'm pretty sure it's ethics, no?
0: Um, I think it's heavily focused on ethics, but they're, I mean, I mean, your ethics kind of define your personality, but it's not really that. Anyways, it they, is complex. They, they do test to see if you're a human being.
1: Exactly. And that's a big, important part of any career, I find. And even when you go to any interview in any career, you might solely rely on your experience, which is also always relevant. But to be able to bring out the important elements that will impress any future employer, you need to have that personality, you need to have that self-reflection. And that is ultimately also an ideal of a tutor is to bring forth that self-reflection into the in the student and um yeah no it's honestly something that i personally integrate all the time um even though i do get crushed by exams but i study with pride i love studying for example with friends to know that we're both focusing on that career and then when we take breaks we talk perhaps not about our studies sometimes we do but we like to pride each other in, in the progress that we make. Which leads to the lifestyle balance. This is really the important part. I don't know about you, Christian, but friends have brought, brought forth a part of me that I didn't know existed in my entire life. That ability to commit to a program. Although compromising the time of COVID... Was something that I didn't know I had my whole life. You knew me in high school. Yeah. You, you remember how I was? Uh, I was perhaps very talkative and maybe you considered me even smart. I don't know. I was.
0: You, you, well. uh, I saw you as someone that understood me. Like in high school, I rarely felt that the people I engaged in conversation with truly cared to understand me. Like I think that we were all playing roles in high school most of the time, but you were one of the few pers, uh, one of the few people that actually, like, listened and and spoke to the real side of me. And yes. yeah, y- a- and aside from that, you were also distracted during class. But anyways.
1: yeah, exactly. But it's interesting because we didn't really know exactly what we were doing. I remember that the kind of discussions that we had back then were not they were good of course but we were focused on developing other sides of our personality i believe instead of school so much school was kind of a given that you had to focus on it but we never we we were
0: smart asses
1: let's put it that way yeah but that's the result of going to an an international school uh but i remember i don't know about your CJEp experience personally it it was also going to a private CJEP was uh also being surrounded by people that were motivated. But more importantly, it was um, the a taste of the college lifestyle that we typically think of when we think college lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Like a path to semi-independence. At least in Albrebef, it was really semi-independence. University was purpose. Mm-hmm. I, find, I, I found myself. Yeah. Um, but at sjap we were still searching for meaning but the search was more active um i don't know about how your how you formed your friend group in university i'm curious to know that because that is part of how do you even develop that how do you even start
0: um i think it has to it has to depend on who you are like truly intrinsically i am someone that speaks and does not have any regard for what other people think and the reason why is not selfish at all it's because at the end of the day i went to university looking for friends i i knew that i couldn't do it alone i knew that i had to find someone because it's going to be four years and I, i i i'm someone that loves to get along with people like i love to I love to see people. I'm someone that finds passion in knowing people and and absorbing their background. Like I, I love hearing about people's stories. That that's I don't know why. It just that's how I found myself to be. And when I make friends, it's the simplest process ever. Someone's like my first few friends in university, I was just myself. What when someone first gets to know me, they can probably see me as being like overly enthusiastic and kind of cocky, but really I'm just happy. Like, I'm just happy to know you. I'm I'm happy to, that you even took the time to say hi. <laughs> like you. some, some people are just dead in class. You know, I'm back where when they were in person. Now we don't know if they're asleep because the cameras are all off.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, all jokes aside, you know, I, I, I just, I just talked to people that were sitting next to me. If I saw that the small chat eventually became a larger chat and that we often found ourselves like eating together or mm. doing homework together, I would try to ask people about what's outside their life. Like, mm. like I remember at one point um, I, I connected with a student uh, after like doing a homework I just started asking him because I noticed he had you know big gains kind of he was he was tough, you know I was like, hey, do you uh, wh- wh- which gym do you go to? you know It's like a silly question. Mm-hmm. And then we just connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I just noticed what people do, you know like sometimes I, I saw people like googling stuff, you know because <laughs> sometimes sometimes when you're seated yeah. you know and you see what yeah, people are like really- googling. And then I would crack a joke I would like hey what are you looking at like this is a nice I don't know like nice bag or whatever like, you know like I, I would do silly comments and then people would you know notice me and be like ha huh, hey he's a funny dude and yeah I don't know I just I just shoot my shot really like I, I'm not I'm not shy I see but yeah. what What oh, looks that so- oh yeah I think what your question is next is like how do you keep those how do you build on top
1: of that right well my my question was. Of course, yeah. the, the, the the common element that shared with those people, first and foremost, was, hey, you're studying the same program, right? Yeah. Well, my question would be, what did those friends bring to you and your meaning as well as, you know, favoring you, pursuing and yeah. diving deeper into your field?
0: <clears throat> the friends that I have right now have helped me figure out what it means to study electrical engineering. Um, They actually are the main driver of me showing up to class right now because I know that we share a common goal of, at this point, it's not even about, about passing exams. You know, the craziest thing about my studies right now as we're talking is my friends have started looking for projects to do. Like, we, like our, our conversations, they do revolve around like homework and all of that and projects, but we find more time to speak about careers, to speak about what you want to do after. We are, we are more and more involved into knowing each other as persons, as people, um, rather than students, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we, we project ourselves in the future more and more and this is something that's been huge because I think like most people, um, we want validation from the exterior. Yes. And going into the program, I felt that I had no validation from my friends from mm-hmm. Uh, I had no validation from my friends from high school. Like most of the time I would tell them, yeah, I'm studying electrical engineering. And they would be like, oh, okay, Monsieur Engineer, Mr. Engineer, you know, like silly, superficial comments. Yes. And although I'm the type of guy that doesn't mind small chat and things like that, intrinsically, I wanted something deeper, you know, s- yes. someone that some people that I could actually call a circle of friends. Like, because when you think about it, we're overusing the word friend. Like more often than,
1: than we can think. It's what I would call a low-resolution term in the sense of friend is not necessarily overused. It's just its meaning is broad. Yeah. It can easily be adapted. But of course, we have best friend. We have work friend. We have school friend. There's many things. And of course, there's multiple responsibilities you can attribute to different friends. Namely, in the case of university friends, perhaps what I think you want to say was the fact that okay the fact that your friends at university understand you and that is a very interesting thing the fact that for example you and i we understood each other back in high school but we didn't understand each other about everything why did we understand each other perhaps was due to the kind of questions that i was asking the kind of things that i cared for and same for you it was emotional intimacy but it's the connection Stays in one area specifically with that is relevant to our studies, which is the common field of study and the common meaning and the common struggle. And, um, I can't, for example, empathize too much with your struggles in calculus, I haven't had a calculus class in my <laughs> program, but, but of I, course, I don't care, and you don't care because we also have other functions, but we also have another commonality is that, well, I'll more broad commonality which is we're university students we're both studying in order to start our careers eventually that are based on higher studies than than just high school alone and it is quite intellectual work and we appreciate beyond just a subject at hand the 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 intelligence the depth that it requires from ourselves to understand that matter and that is exactly what I found in my own friendships too is it's ironic, but my first friendships in university was didn't start at the initiations. How do you call them? Yeah. Initiations. Yeah. Frosh. Frosh. Yeah. Uh, It started with a girl asking me if I had a lighter outside and I said, sorry, I live in the future. I vape. I know it sounds dumb, but that friend is probably one of the most motivated friends that I know. And uh, from there, I developed a small circle of friends, all of whom were extremely stressed about exams, yes, and all from different backgrounds. One went into law uh, for one year before switch, well, one semester before switching. Then this girl that I met who had a rocky path during CJEP, but right now has among the best grades that I've ever seen. Another was, uh, lives in Ontario, Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, All different areas of life leading to the same domain. And what I admired was how they were able to work so hard. And for me, I have ADHD. It's hard to focus unless I have an externally imposed structure. But that is quite universal that have that validation and to know that it is valued is extremely powerful. And I don't know what alternatives we can find now in COVID times, because personally that human contact person to person is quite essential and it is quite, it is actually one of the reasons why I chose the internship that I chose because it will be in person among others. Um, it is hard to, absorb and have that transference of which is an actual psychological term to have that transference of the state of mind by zoom even then we don't put our cameras on and as such i'm curious to know as quick conclusion because i know you're you have to go um christian (laughs) what what are your options Exactly. What are your ideas to improve on that meeting, especially in times where you can't go to to meet those people because we're isolated. What do we do?
0: Uh, We do the best. That's the easy answer. Um, What I've been doing that takes care of a minimal of interaction uh, which is still not a fi- still not sufficient you know the best the best case really is to see someone in person like like people can debate about it they can be like yeah but AR is gonna change our minds and everything No dude like like when I see someone in front of me and I look into the blank of their eyes, there is a feeling produced that cannot be matched by AI and even if AI or AR is able to match that uh, kind of feeling, I'd be dead by then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so- so like because you know people talk about oh yeah but you know ar could make zoom better and everything yeah it's going to take some time to develop to research so right now the best case that we have to settle for for is seeing people in person now obviously in Canada it's getting colder you can't just chill outside (laughs) it's it's kind of cold or you have to go inside but stores are stores are closed bars are closed the regulations will change every month or so so it really makes for uh, a non-settling context to meet in. So what I've been doing is having gaming sessions. Uh, I've, I've, forced, I've been forcing myself to becoming a better texter. That's more proactive. I've noticed that I've gotten more time in hand than I had before to actually fulfill and, and contribute towards my friendships. So I have become actually a proactive texter, which is not something that I was doing in the past. Interesting, because I start my day assuming that people want to know. People want to know if they care if I care about them, like mm-hmm. they like I, at least the friends that you know I I was in touch with before, right? Yes. So yeah, I just want to give a sense to my friends that look, we're not ghosts, like we're going through our day silently, but I want you to, I, I want you to share a moment with me where I make you feel like, you know, we're still there and we're living this together. And I do this through text. Sometimes I even video call. I love video calling. Yeah, I've, I've actually been uh, proactive on LinkedIn and I love to have chats with uh, like uh, students that I meet there and that I connect with. Uh, sometimes I even bother like, searching up students that study electrical engineering. And I, I say like, hey, you wanna have a quick coffee chat and get to talk about our programs. And people are willing to do that. And most of them often end up on my podcast. There there, there was a guest uh, a few weeks back that I actually engaged on LinkedIn and it ended up being one of my guests. And we had a brilliant conversation on an initiative that she started uh, which is actually pretty fruitful so yeah um i think i think social media is should be considered a tool right now for you to connect it should not just be a scrolling mechanism or a scrolling media like hey let's look what's the latest dog cat video it's like people are there now yeah people are there let's do the best to make ourselves feel like we're connected yeah yeah I think that's,
1: yeah. I see. And going out. I love to go out. Yeah. That's yeah, much. as much as you can. Yeah. But yeah, It makes sense. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's an easy instinct to, how to put it, um, switch directly to virtual interactions. Uh, I think, honestly, it's surprising. It's inspiring, honestly, that you just contact people on LinkedIn and you manage to click with them so fast. I didn't even think of it. Uh me neither. Yeah, we've been doing Uh, it with uh Tinder our whole time, right? So uh, connecting with random people, but I guess I never thought of even applying it to the professional sphere, and yet it seems even more easy, surprisingly. LinkedIn allows for an environment where people respect each other. Absolutely. Except now they've introduced stories, which I find funny. Uh I've I've tried the feature. Really? Yeah. Was people, it useful?
0: People look at it and sometimes they react to it, but it's superficial. But anyway. Yeah, but
1: that was always stories <clears> of <throat> any yeah. app, really. But I I find it very interesting that, you know, you've become a more proactive texter, everything. yet, Of course, I think, like you said so well, the presence of somebody else plays such a crucial role at feeling at, in your place, you know, in your... This is your, where you're supposed to be. Because when you're in university, when you're in class, you're not only listening to a class, you are where you're supposed to be with the right people. But when you're in front of your screen, what's the difference really in terms of proprioceptive feelings, being home or watching a YouTube video versus- Yeah. And there's that lack of separation. So I think perhaps the suggestions that you brought up, playing video games is a great one. Among Us blew up because of the pandemic. And I think another element that I failed to integrate myself is studying, having virtual study sessions where you study together. I've seen uh, some people actually join, uh, like small groups, join Discord together for the same class, and they talk. Absolutely, yeah. And they talk during the same class. And the the issue is, of course, while being socially isolated, it's not so easy to say, hey, guys, are you down to join a Discord together to watch the class together? And you'll be like, probably people will say yes. And I'll say, yeah, fuck yes, let's go. But it still takes courage to, to say, you know what? I do want to do that. I, I am bound to do this. And I'm sure others will. And if they're not, it's fine.
0: Yeah. I, I think we have to, because it, it, like social media, we often, we often used to see it as a secondary environment where we can interact, but now it's becoming the main environment. And I think the w- mm. true winners are the ones who are owning this environment and are, you know, taking it as it is that, like, that's the way to go. I, I think by accepting the fact that, you know, social media and online apps are the, literally the main point of contact with individuals. Mm-hmm. If you make that realization, you'll you will live with this pandemic better. I think, because I think that really the key point to living in this pandemic uh, better is to come to a state of acceptance. Well, five
1: stages of grief type of thing, but yeah, no, it's a it's a stage of acceptance and of uh, adapting. And yeah. Raising. Yeah, no, definitely. Of course, the schedule is also a difficult thing. But as you say, if you can schedule your meetings, you should be better, better off. Yeah, and that that's a saying, I think. No, it's not a saying at all. I <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna quote you on that. Yeah, no, honestly, it's a it's a great idea to to be able to to take to check in. Because perhaps you won't care for yourself the same way that you care about your friends. But do take the opportunity to, to check in, see what's up with them. And yeah. if they're good friends, at least, they'll ask, how are you doing? Yeah. And uh, yeah, try to... And yeah,
0: yeah that's, that's the thing. You also have to be patient with, with your friends because I think some of them are not even aware that it, they're in denial of this pandemic. So it, I don't think it's a great solution to blame them if they start ghosting you or they start showing less interest in um contributing to your the friendship that you you have with them i i think really it's it's a hard time to be patient with your friends but it's required like yeah. you, you you can't you can't because dude you only have so many interactions with your friends throughout the day that if one of them goes south I think it will affect you in some way. Oh yeah. And and given the assumption that most of us are already like at the edge, you know, in terms of our mental health and we're like we're trying to, you know, figure this lifestyle out, uh, we have to
1: be patient. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it is something to be seen for now to find meaning in studying at home is quite difficult for all of us, I find. And uh, yet we are, it's the only thing that it will be able to drive us. Uh, Christian, yep. I'm not sure if, uh, if, if you're busy. Nope.
0: No, don't worry. Uh, an impromptu text came through. Um, I just want to take the time to thank you for the, the points that you uh, that you were willing to elaborate with me on. Uh, During this episode, I know that it's, you know, just like me, you are trying to figure out, uh, you know, (laughs) how to best maintain your relationships. And we've actually been willing to schedule (laughs) this episode for a while, but things came up, whatever. It's fine. We're we're, we're here. And we I think we had an awesome conversation. And I want to thank you uh,
1: a lot for being present thank you very much for inviting me over it was honestly a pleasure first podcast i've ever done and <laughs> it was a great conversation honestly yeah thank you and it's not going to be the last <laughs> of course not of course because dude with you i could talk for like hours ah same here you already know that we have a lot of catching up to do
0: yeah yeah don't worry we'll we'll do it through gaming we'll do it through oh, yeah chats uh dude i i'm actually very excited uh to uh, for this uh, you know occasion to catch up and uh, yeah yes i think you. i think you're going to contribute a lot to my mental health
1: <laughs> oh same for you uh, it's it's the same but yeah no it would, it's going to be a pleasure it's going to be a blast right, thank you thank so you much for, uh, thank you for contacting me on linkedin <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's true <laughs> so yeah thank you very much a la
0: prochaine like we say in french
1: a la prochaine a every day <laughs> oh that's that was Romanian. Exactly.
0: Sweet. All right. Goodbye, yeah. man. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of Dino Talks with Sebastian and I. I really enjoyed the conversations that we have touched on during this episode. I believe that the topics we covered were very relevant to the situations of most students, tutors and mentors right now in this pandemic context. I think that each conversation that we've had could have probably triggered something positive uh, in your current flow of thoughts and your current mindset. We just hope that it brought value and that you sincerely enjoyed uh, us talking and that it brought some kind of security, some kind of um, peace in uh, your your current thoughts. With that said, please do not hesitate to share the episode. It will mean the world to me and to the podcast. The more people that listen, the more people that will benefit from it. And this is pretty much all I can ask for. With that said, have a great week ahead. Stay sharp on your midterms or whatever else you are doing right now, whatever else you are striving for right now. Keep going. And with that said, all I wish you... Is the best. Stay safe, stay well. Cheers.